This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, it's been a minute since we've talked about the Denver Broncos. It's free agency started. We actually haven't recorded a podcast. But the Broncos finally have a right tackle. So, uh, <laughs> it, you know, and I know the history of right tackle for the Denver Broncos, especially in recent years. Um, yes, that's this is the guy we talked about, right? This is the guy we talked about wanting uh, the Broncos to go out and get. They went out and got him. It's fantastic. Also, I, I I will get excited when the season starts and they start winning games. That's that's what I'm going to do. I it is also funny to me. Let me just bring up. It's uh, you know, it, it's funny. So. The Broncos go and they sign McGlinchey from San Francisco. They fix their right tackle woes. And all I see on Twitter is Micah Parsons hip throwing him and everybody saying, this is the guy that you wanted to sign? As if Micah Parsons yes. wasn't going to hip throw everybody and their grandma in the entire football. Like, what? really? That's, that's the cherry-picked stat you're going to go with? He got hip-tossed by Micah Parsons? Not a guy in the league wouldn't get hip tossed by him. But anyway, I digress. I think it's a good signing. I'm pretty excited about that one. It's a great signing. And I, I will defer to Sean Payton, who knows how to fix an offensive line. He had the best off, if not the best offensive line, one of the best offensive lines his entire time with the Saints. Drew Brees was protected. Alvin Kamara, whoever else was the running back before Kamara, they were protected. So it, this is what he does. And on top of that, he went out and got Ben Powers, 
who's one of the best guards in the National Football League. And I think that gives you an indication of the kind of offense that Sean Payton wants to run. Because both McGlinchey and Powers are incredible run blockers. So now you're seeing the way that they, what Peyton has in mind for Russell Wilson, get the run game going, which is what he did with Drew Brees and the Saints. They could run the football. And then they bring in Samaje P. Ryan from the Bengals as the running back to, to help out Javante Williams, which is a great signing, especially if you look at the way that he uh, stiff-armed Chiefs in the last couple of years that they've played. So he has experience of going into Arrowhead and finally beating the Chiefs. So I, I love both of those signings. And I, I think one of the more underrated signings of all of free agency is the Broncos getting Zach Allen. This dude is dominant on the defensive line. And it will allow the Broncos and fans to forget about Dre. Yes, we will forget about at least Dre Mont. Um, it's, it's a good, it's, that was a good reference, dude. I like that one. That was well played. I think it's really interesting how poignant these moves are because it does show what Sean Payton values as a, as a football coach. He values the trenches. He values players that are going to get on the line and they're going to have a big impact. The one thing I don't think it points towards is this notion that is also out there that Sean Payton doesn't like Russell Wilson or that Sean Payton wants to move on from Russell Wilson. Quite frankly, I'm not sure anybody knows whether or not Sean Payton is in love with Russell Wilson or not. And I'm I'm not sold 100% on the fact that he views Russell Wilson as his quarterback for the next 10 years, but he certainly views him for as his quarterback for the next few years. And to me, it looks more like his desire isn't to figure out a way to replace Russell Wilson, it's a way to get the pressure off of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson played pretty much on the run the entire year in 2022. He was in constant motion of just just trying to escape. The offensive line was bad, so bad, in fact, that there were times they wouldn't even pick him up, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But removing that pressure from Russell Wilson Taking him and putting him in a place where he can be comfortable is going to be how Russell Wilson finds success moving forward. It is uh, it is sort of comical to me that people say, oh, well, he's not like Drew Brees. Yeah, they're the same height, but he doesn't throw like Drew Brees. He doesn't. If you don't think that Sean Payton's going to come in and coach up Russell Wilson and get him to fit in the system that he wants and that Sean Payton isn't coming in and going, this is my team and Russell Wilson isn't going to fall in line and do what he's asked and be uh, and be a, a team leader by accepting that coaching. If you truly believe that Russell Wilson is going to be a problem for Sean Payton, uh, to steal a phrase from people who like to say it, you don't know ball. And I just think it's fascinating to me that this is the place that people like to go when they're trying to find negativity about a team that they cover. They want to be negative about the Denver Broncos because it gets people to click on their stuff and it gets people to listen to their crap and whatever it might be. So you're going to throw out all the negative stuff because, oh, this is bad and that is bad. You don't think Sean Payton took this job going, I can make Russell Wilson great? I can fix what's going on in Denver and Russell Wilson is included because I've seen his contract? If people actually believe that the moves that he is making and has made and will make in the draft and moving forward – 
haven't been to make Russell Wilson's life better, then again, just to say it one more time, you don't know ball. And I I think that's that's the thing. I, I think all of this is to help Russell Wilson. It may be, I mean, there's no doubt that Russell Wilson's going to have to prove it. He's going to have to prove that last year was an anomaly. And if and if you don't think that he's going to be motivated to do that, then you don't know Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is one of the most driven athletes that's in professional sports. He wants to be great. There's no doubt that he's cringy. There's no doubt about that but he's also a very driven and motivated athlete. And he's going to be determined to prove that last year with his first year with the Broncos was an anomaly because he finally has an opportunity now to work with an offensive coach who is going to be able to get the most out of him, who is going to have high expectations. It's great to have expectations of yourself but to have somebody who's going to have perhaps greater expectations of you, but also be able to deliver those is huge for Russell Wilson. Yeah, it, it is sort of interesting to look at how the relationship between Wilson and Hackett, right? Nathaniel Hackett came in and Hackett sort of fanboyed. Hackett was, uh, as you like to point out, maybe a little too into Sierra, which whatever. I mean, I, I, I get it. You get excited when you see somebody who you're a fan of and that's fine. But he also, he was too buddy, buddy. And he kind of allowed for not just Russell Wilson, but, but the players in general to sort of walk all over him. And Sean Payton doesn't come in with any of the sort of, I I guess you would call the naivete of a rookie head coach who wants to come in and be buddy, buddy with his players. And yeah, that works sometimes. Right. But even if you look at some of the younger coaches in the NFL and you you think about like your Sean McVay's of the world and how is it that these young coaches can can be uh, effective with their players when they're really just peers? Well, the way that they do it is they are respectful of their players, but they also expect that respect in return. And I know that sounded awful. I'm going to run with it anyway. Expect their respect in return. That was fun. And so it is important for Sean Payton to come in and say, this is my team and this is how we're going to do things. And if you don't like it, adios. There's a reason Draymond Jones isn't with the Denver Broncos anymore. And part of it is because he didn't like the way the Broncos did business or whatever. But quite frankly, he didn't show Sean Payton that he was a team player, that he wanted to be involved, that he wanted to be here. He wanted to go test the market and make his money. And that's fine. And I wish him the best of luck. But there's a reason he's not back with the Denver Broncos. There's a reason that a guy like Dalton Reisner isn't going to be back with the Denver Broncos. Now, nothing's official right now, but I think it's pretty safe to say, as as far as this recording goes, I have a lot of confidence in the fact that he's probably going to go somewhere else. Why? Well, because he doesn't seem to really want to be in Denver, and he doesn't want to buy into whatever system that's going to be put in place. And he, unfortunately, probably isn't good enough for what Sean Payton's trying to do with the offensive line. So when you see guys leave... And fans want to go, oh, well, they're leaving for a reason. Yeah, it's because Sean Payton doesn't care if they go. That says a lot more to me than some garbage article out there that talks about the culture and and whether Russell Wilson is cringy or not. Who cares? Sean Payton didn't care. Sean Payton signed with the Denver Broncos for a reason. Sean Payton wanted to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos for a reason. And it's not because he just was looking to retire to Colorado. 
Like, I, yeah, I guess right. most people right. retire in Florida. Yeah, yeah but don't. Like, well, I mean, do I don't care. You do whatever you want. You can go wherever. Don't matter to me. You can retire to Arizona. I, the other the, the other signings that I think speak volumes about the shift in focus. The signing of kick returner Tremon Smith, mm-hmm. who is also a cornerback, and then Hunter Riley Dixon, who, if you'll remember, was a but then the Broncos decided they were going to sign Marquette King, and I don't remember if they traded him to the Giants or I, I, maybe they did because they signed Marquette King, and then there was that whole failure of Corliss Waitman who was just awful last year. So now they bring back Riley Dixon. But I think Tremon Smith shows you what's been allowable since the Broncos won the Super Bowl isn't allowable. Like the, the failure on special teams is not going to be accepted by Sean Payton. Hence why there is now two special teams coordinators. Like, it's been so I, I bad. Mean, <laughs> it's been so so I, bad. That that shows me the shift. That shows me how important the special teams, how that aspect that has been so overlooked and just it's almost like the, the prior head coaches, because they were so new and raw, didn't realize how important it was. So after Gary Kubiak left, you bring in Vance Joseph, you bring in Vic Fangio, you bring in Nathaniel Hackett. The special teams sucked under every single one of them. That's not going to be acceptable now because as Mike Shanahan always used to say, it's about all three phases of the game. And now all three phases of the game are going to be something that are going to be focused you know, and it's interesting that you you bring up Marquette King because before he came to Denver, before he signed with the Broncos, he was considered one of the best punters in the league. And whatever the Denver Broncos special teams coaches did to him, they ruined him. He was out of the league and he, he never really materialized again. I think he's, is he punting in the XFL or the USFL? I mean, I know he's he's got other business ventures and things like that, but he's sort of like, disab- the, the Denver Broncos special teams, prior to this and maybe it'll continue we we won't really know until it happens but prior to this has been a place aside from Brandon McManus where players have gone to essentially uh you know blip out of existence like they're you know like they're in a, you know some sort of Avengers movie or something and uh, I suppose some of us might wish that McManus would blip out of existence he won't and he'll maybe he'll find it again he struggled last year yes yet we'll see are we still we're we're on that word yet we use that word yet a lot so it's certainly something that uh, i think is 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 possible but it's it's got to change it's been a focus of ours as fans as as people who watch the broncos i think most fans have been on this like there's a problem with special teams that it needs to get taken care of feels like that is as you said uh a target of Sean Payton's. We're going to make the team better in all three phases. And that is, uh, that means special teams is on par with defense is on par with offense and not like a secondary thing where you put the the players that are just, you know, third string players that you, you're just trying to get out of, out of that play. Like that's, that's not going to win you games. And so I like that as well. I think that's a pretty big shift. I think the thing that we're seeing is it's not just lip service. 
because we're not hearing anything out of Sean Payton, <laughs> but it's not lip service. Like he, we know what he is. He's one of the best coaches in football. And I get that there are people out there who still want to discredit that. Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in football, not just now, ever. Sean Payton is one of the best football coaches in the history of this sport. He's won a yeah. Super Bowl in his first year in New Orleans. He took a downtrodden organization in the midst of Hurricane Katrina to a Super Bowl. His first year in New Orleans. Like, I get it that people want to say that it was Drew Brees, blah, blah, blah. He also helped Tony Romo develop into the quarterback that he was. He worked under Bill Parcells. He's had success literally everywhere he's gone. So, I mean, there's evidence here. I, I, I You've said it multiple times that you want to see them win. I, I totally get that. I'm on board with it too. But it's also important to point out the Broncos have one of the best coaches in football. Well, and and to to your point, and not to shift gears here, but I think it's a good place to do it. Sean Payton, if you look at the odds, and you brought this up in our pregame fist fight, uh, you brought up the fact that if we look at the odds of uh, end of the year awards right now, Sean Payton has the sec- second best odds to win. Uh, Was it coach of the year? Behind, as you called him, the soup man. I love that. <laughs> Dan Campbell, the soup man, has I, I that to me is a little odd. So you're telling me that Dan Campbell has the best odds to win coach of the year, but Sean Payton has the second best odds. Why? Because people know what Sean Payton is capable of as a coach. So it's not that far fetched to think that Sean Payton is going to come in, turn things around, and and make this franchise better in year one. And obviously the turnaround is um it's it's not that it's not a very high bar, if you will, to to get to get to a point where Sean Payton is is turning the Broncos into a winning team because they've been so bad for so long. But I did think those were interesting odds to see. Second best op, uh, odds of all coaches to win Coach of the Year. Yeah, at DraftKings he's plus twelve hundred. He trails Dan Campbell, as I you said. I called him Suit Man. Suit Man, I love at plus eleven hundred. So, but Sean Payton is tied with Robert Saylor right now. I, I so I, I think just for perspective, if you put a ten dollar bet now on Sean Payton, it would win one hundred and twenty bucks. The other interesting market that DraftKings has up for awards is Comeback Player of the Year, where Russell Wilson is currently fourth at plus nine hundred. Ten dollars there is a ninety dollar win if he gets it. And again, that's actually to to my feeling right when I look at that that's another one of those low bars right he was so bad in 2022 that there was a a TikTok guy who went viral for adding up the number of bathrooms that Russell Wilson had in his home and turning that into a competition Russell Wilson touchdown passes versus Russell Wilson bathrooms in his home and honestly I will say this there there may be no better victory in NFL history than Russell Wilson defeating the number of bathrooms in his home with touchdown passes. That Because how does he live that down? At least he won, right? At least he threw more than 12 because that would have been pretty embarrassing. But now 
if you if if you could imagine this with me, Russell Wilson comes out and he throws, let's say he throws 24 touchdown passes. That's not a lot in today's NFL, but it's double what he did in 2022. Let's say he leads the Broncos to 10 or 11 wins. Again, that's probably a wild card spot, but after the season that they had where they were picking top five, you're going to get a, a team back to 10 or 11 wins. If he's if he's not throwing interceptions all over the place and he's not just he's not just a, a a game manager completely, I don't see how you could give it to anybody else. That that's what makes that to me a, a pretty easy bet. Like I'll throw some money on that one just because as as long as they do well, who else is there? I can't even like I don't know who are the other guys that are on there. I guess I should ask that question. Let's have a look. Uh, maybe Lamar Jackson. Okay. I could see depending Lamar on where Jackson, he ends up, depending on depending on where he is, and and also I think Lamar Jackson probably doesn't carry the sentimental side of it that Russell Wilson would carry, if if that makes any sense. Aging quarterback, new team, that kind of thing. If you if you want to talk about sentiment, the current favorite is Demar Hamlin. All right, so I'm not going to put any money on Russell Wilson to win comeback player of the year. <laughs> Don't do that, everybody. It's fine because we're, we're all rooting for Demar Hamlin. I think that's there's no doubt about that. I, I think I think the big thing with Demar Hamlin though is he actually has to get back on the field because mm-hmm. we haven't gotten any word that he's even working out or doing football stuff yet. So that's that's the book setting itself up for. Okay, if, if he do, does come back. Obviously, the voters are going to vote for him. Of course. So that I mean, it's just like it, it, when we talk about books setting the lines, you can look at it with the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers has not been traded to the Jets yet, but if you look at the Jets in terms of Super Bowl betting, they're like fifth best in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl. Well, so it, yeah. right now it's the, it's the Chiefs, 49ers, Eagles, Bills, Bengals, Cowboys, Jets. They don't have Aaron Rodgers yet. That's to set the market when they do. Because if you remember a couple of years ago prior to the draft, it was that 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 Thursday, the first day of the draft, came word that the Broncos were going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And the Broncos were at like, like, like plus 6,000. And betters just jumped on it, and it left books scrambling. So that's why you're seeing this market for the Jets the way that it's been the last month based on the fact that they're eventually going to get Aaron Rodgers. But in terms of interesting bets, in terms of value, we talk about that a lot on the show in finding the value. I threw out a bet last year that was really close to hitting in Pat Sertan being Defensive Player of the Year. He was plus 10,000. He was a first-team All-Pro. He, It's eventually going to happen, similar to Kale McCarr in the NHL, eventually winning the Hart Trophy, where you could put a flyer on it literally every year. Eventually, it's going to hit. Now, the odds at DraftKings for Pat Sertan to win Defensive Player of the Year aren't the plus 10,000 they were last year, but it's still incredible value at plus 4,000. Not a, not so a, a $10 bad bet, bet to make as well. Yeah. $10 bet would win 400 bucks. 
Let's see. I got I got ten dollars. <laughs> Every everybody who listens to to our show knows me. It's I have ten dollars, but I'll probably put a dollar on it. I mean, that's just how I do. Things. Well, that would still that would win forty bucks. forty bucks right there. So yeah, you know, on bet, a dollar bet, bet what you're comfortable betting. Make sure that you're being responsible when you're gaming. It's obviously not something that you should be going outside of your your means, and that's that is part of the reason I keep my bets low is because I'm comfortable with lower bets, and uh, I know where I know what my limits are, and that's an important part of this. So as we are sitting here talking about this, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I know we're like we're supposed to, and it's not a bad idea to, to mention it as well. But that's one I'll, I'm going to go find that one, put some money on it when we get done here. The other one you mentioned was the Broncos Super Bowl odds. This one is fascinating to me. I'm going to let you say it, but I, I I heard you say this number, and I I still I and I haven't again haven't looked it up because you know I'm not really in a football betting mood yet. But I don't believe you. So let's do a little traveling back, where before the Broncos hired Sean Payton. They were stuck between. I'm bringing it up now. They were stuck between. They were at plus four thousand at DraftKings prior to the trade and hire of Sean Payton. After that move, the odds shifted to plus twenty eight hundred. After the first week of free agency, so signing Mike McGlinchey, signing Ben Powers. I think those two moves in particular are why Johnny Avello and the bookmakers at DraftKings shifted the odds again. Now the Broncos are at plus 2,500. To give you an idea of where that is, I mentioned the teams above them where you have the Chiefs as the favorite, plus 600, 49ers at plus 700, Eagles at plus 850, Bills at plus 850, Bengals plus 900, Cowboys and Jets, plus 1,400. Then you have the Broncos. In a in a group with the Lions, the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Chargers. Well, Chargers That's better charge odds than the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just made the playoffs and won a playoff game. Again, I, you you have to recognize that that all comes back to the hiring of Sean Payton and the moves that he's made to make this team better. I, I don't like to talk about winning in the offseason because I feel like that is a thing that uh, doesn't really give you any real wins until things start to happen on the field. However, we can start to look at the things that Sean Payton has done, and the bookmakers are, are doing that. They are seeing it. They are recognizing it. We are recognizing it as fans. You can start to look at that stuff and you can recognize that the Sean Payton effect, the impact on this team is something that people outside of the Broncos country sort of media and fan base are taking notice of. That doesn't mean that they always buy in. I, I say this all the time. I live in the Chicagoland area. I can't tell you how many times people tell me that uh, Russell Wilson is washed and the Denver Broncos are a garbage organization and John Elway wasn't a great quarterback. Like, you know... People who are clearly morons and don't know anything about football uh, or quarterback play because they've never seen a good quarterback since Sid Luckman, which if you don't know who that is, it's because you're under the age of 75. So Google it. <laughs> Google it. Google it and then go, man, that guy doesn't have a face mask on his helmet. So it's <laughs> it's like 
what are what are we doing? But that's my own little like frustration with these these people who don't know what they're talking about. But again, we keep coming back to this, and I know I'm starting to sound excited, and I keep telling people I'm not going to get excited until they start winning games. I'm not excited, but it it feels good. <laughs> Let's say it that way. It feels good to know that other places that matter are taking notice of what the Broncos are doing in a positive way. And I don't have to say to them, well, you don't know ball because you know, they clearly do know ball and I, Oh, national media, blah, blah, blah. Hey, look, man, if the national media is taking notice, it's for a reason. And you got to love that Walmart money. Let's just make sure we pay our respects to that Walmart money and, and mention that as well. Uh, one thing that hasn't happened that I think a lot of people have expected, and we've talked about it. Uh, Mile High Report has mentioned it several times. Uh, the writers there, you know, we have sort of had these conversations. No trading of uh, any wide receivers at this point, and I think we'll we'll use that yet. word yet again, right? Yeah, yet. So, but uh, no Jerry Judy trade. I think he was rumored maybe to go to Cleveland. They just traded for some. I can't remember who it was. They traded for somebody, so they're out on that. Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton's still a Denver Bronco. I think uh, there's some people, yourself included, who might be uh, hoping that he does get traded. Ever since the injury, he hasn't been the same guy. I could see, uh, you know, that's a tough one to come back from. So if you can get as much out of him as possible, I, I would be okay with that. But nothing, nothing during free agency. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that with the draft coming up. I think the biggest issue that I have is. For those who don't know, Cortland Sutton got on the Twitter machine last week or the week before and whined about how he wants to be in a place where he feels appreciated. Okay, dude, you literally just got a contract extension two years ago. You are paid very well for a guy who doesn't do jack squat. Like, since, I mean... I'm not debating the kind of guy he is. He's probably great off the field. I haven't had any interactions with him. Seems to do great stuff in the community. But don't go online and whine when you just got a contract extension from the team that you're now complaining about. I I mean, don't air your grievances in public like that, especially on social media and about a team that gave you an extension in hindsight you haven't done anything to earn. So, I mean, if we're going to go this route, uh, the Broncos should be coming back to you wanting a refund. <laughs> I, I, I also am frustrated with just athletes in general who use social media to send out cryptic messages and everybody interprets them. Yeah, well... You just you interpret it as as oh this is what the athlete is thinking and this is what they want and this is what they believe whatever and then they come out and say oh this is my Twitter is just for fun and social media is just this and I don't mean anything blah 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 Draymond Jones I really did the same love thing. the Denver Broncos yeah, Draymond Jones I really did the same love my thing. time in Denver yeah, like this stop uh, just stop use use your social media the same way the rest of us do just pound through your TikToks don't post anything real and and be quiet like don't don't give me the cryptic BS about, oh, I just want to be somewhere where I'm appreciated. And then come back and be like, oh, and I feel appreciated in Denver. Like, no, you you, you can't do that. You don't get I got hacked. Yeah, you, you can't play both sides. So maybe just, you know, put your phone down or find a really fun game to play on your phone that makes you forget about your stupid social media. Because quite frankly, social media 
is neat for the interactions with players, but I always laugh at players who do a the, the cryptic tweets and 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 Instagram posts and all that. Those all the cryptic stuff makes me laugh because it's like okay, dude, whatever. But then the ones who interact with fans and they get all upset with fans who get on social media and say stupid stuff. And then you got to come back at some random fan who's got eight followers because you're mad because you happen to see it. And now you're just giving that guy that only has eight followers who said the most idiotic thing ever fuel for his fire. And now he gains followers that are only following him because you got mad because he said something stupid because he didn't know ball either. I'm going to use that this whole show, I guess. And, and now you've given him a platform? Like, how dumb do you have to be? I I always check how many followers somebody has when they send me a tweet that I don't like or when they quote tweet me and say something that I disagree with. Like, how, how much do I really want to engage with this person? And I don't have a huge following, so I don't really care. But it's like, mm, yeah, you didn't meet the threshold. There's a number. I don't know what it is, and some days it's bigger than others. But there's a threshold for me. And and maybe athletes should have a threshold that if it's not more than like a thousand, or maybe it's not if it's not more than fifteen thousand, get get yourself a threshold, right? And and stop stop, you know, getting into Twitter arguments with randos that don't have any followers. A weird rant. Don't feed the trolls and only engage in positive. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the negative. Just engage with the positive. We need more positivity. I like positivity. To get back to to get back to, to value, there's a team at DraftKings where I think could be a dark horse, and it, it may not happen, but the way that the Panthers are being set up, like they just traded with the Bears to get the number one pick, it's probably unlikely that a, that a rookie quarterback is going to lead a team to the Super Bowl, but they play in probably the worst division in football. Probably. The Carolina Panthers are currently plus 5,500 to win the Super Bowl. You want value? That's value. I'm not saying that they're going to win it, but if you want to look for a team with value, that's it. Like, you can skip over the Vikings and COVID Kirk. They're not going to do anything. They were a, they were a paper tiger last year. The Giants... The Giants still have Daniel Jones. I, I mean, dimes. they're not going to beat the Eagles. <laughs> they're not going to beat the Eagles or the or the Cowboys. So that that would be the team in the NFC that I would look for is is the Panthers. But put a bet on the Broncos. Why not? <laughs>